Real business owners telling real stories and experiences. Welcome to the show. All right, what's going on? I'm here with uh, Andy over at Salon 6. This is going to be a lot of fun because Andy and I go way back. Way back. Way back, right? Way back. Um, Andy has a salon out here in Parkland, Florida. Um, slash Coral Springs. Slash Coral Springs, right? Because you're like right on the road. Right on the border. Right? Um, and But you've also been in the salon business uh, and around the business for a long time. We'll call it the beauty industry. Beauty industry. Yes. All right. That you can. You, it, this is why I do a podcast because I have a face built for radio. So the beauty industry has <laughs> eluded me for a long time. <laughs> but, um, you know, we always start off. Tell us the story of Salon 6 and your path to getting here. Okay. Um, it started in 1985. I got into a family business. We distributed hair care to salons and stayed with that till about 1996. Um, got divorced, broke away from the family business. But I knew a gentleman that had a couple of, we'll call them retail centers. Okay. So it was slash retail little hair salon. You know, okay. Because the only way to get professional hair care in the retail aspect was to also have a salon in the facility. Yeah, because people would get their hair cut and you could... Well, they, that and yeah. plus the companies don't want to sell you professional brands unless you're a hair salon. Okay. So I got into that. At that time, we had two locations. I had just been working for the gentleman that brought me on. And then business was robust. Um, we expanded in 1999 to a third location at Coral Springs. Okay. And then he inevitably passed away. I had an option to buy the business. I took my option and I had the three locations. As time progressed, <laughs> the internet came into play uh -huh. and changed everything. So it was a hard adaption. Uh -huh. um, started to realize the challenges that I was having as a retail business. Uh -huh. I've talked to a lot of other retail businesses, and now we kind of see the effect Amazon and eBay has had on retail sure. locations. You know, statistically, they say 25% uh, of all the malls in the country are going to be closed in the next five years. It's, it's going and to be, it, it's going to have some impact. So you, you made those changes. adaptions. So the adaptions were get out of retail mm -hmm. um, and focus more on services and downsized into one location. I had gone through the whole gamut of raising my kids and putting them through college and bought all the toys and ready to cut back a little bit. Yeah. You know, and just focus on one location so we were originally, um, if you're not familiar, we were on Wiles Road in Brookside Plaza. Okay. And when I downsized, I didn't need that much space that I had over there. And the opportunity in this plaza, Borderway Shops at Heron Bay, opened up and talked to my staff and told them what my plan was to focus more on services, scale back tremendously on the retail aspect of it, and they were all game. I've had a staff that's been with me for a lot of years, brought a couple new people on, mm -hmm. and that's where it's at right now. So, and how long has Salon 6 been here in this location? So, we've been in this location now. It's going to be four years next month already. Yeah. I can't believe it. I can't believe that either. I can't. I remember meeting your daughter here. Yeah. 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 My daughter who has two kids yeah. now. <laughs> now she has two kids. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's been it's been a ride. Yeah, it has. But I just can't believe it's been four years already. Yeah. It just goes fast. It, it. Yeah. <laughs> Having grandkids didn't help. It no. It seemed to pick up the pace a little bit more. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so, you know, the salon industry has a lot of technical expertise required to be in it in the service side, right? Because you're cutting people's hair and things like that. But it's still, you know, for the most part, it's it's a business just like every other business out there. Um, what's the hardest part about this business? You know, like anything else, it's probably getting and retaining clients. Okay. You know, I would say is probably the biggest challenge. Um, I've chose this location. It's a premium location. I pay for it. Mm -hmm. You get what you pay for. And that's definitely helped tremendously. You know, over the years, I've been in one, two, three, four, five, six different locations. Um, this location's been the best I've ever been in as far as walk-in traffic. Sure. It's really been the, the most beneficial for us. So when you, when you say, like, getting and keeping customers, right? It's not. It's not because uh, like there's a fall in the business or anything like that. It's because there's so much choice out there, and like you talked about the internet out there, so much information, and then you also have, you know, some people that are just discount hunters or things like that that typically are your customers, so they'll fall off. It's the people that appreciate that stay, but the people that appreciate the service and pay for it are just a a, a number at the top. You know, it's a smaller number, so it takes a little bit longer. And you get that. You yeah. know, there, there's no doubt, you know, yeah. and, and I respect that with people. You know, we, we've tried different things to lure people in. You know, I used to do, um, you know, when it was a slower day when we were first opened up in this location, I'd, I'd put out a, uh, a sandwich board and offer a discount like on blow dries. Mm -hmm. But we ended up realizing all we got were people that wanted to pay a discount price for blow dries. Yeah. We weren't really retaining clients. So it was like, all right, so that's not working. What's going to work? What ended up really helping, one of the things that helped the most was that social media uh -huh. became really strong. And we started getting more involved in social media. And that's where we really picked up the most because now people search everything online. Mm -hmm. They're looking for a hair salon in their area. They're going to read reviews and that entices them. So now when people call and they're a new client, my first question is, how'd you hear about us? Mm -hmm. And I would say right now, seven or eight out of every 10, I was reading reviews online and you guys get really good reviews. Yeah, so it's a, it's a natural progression. What's happening is people are finding you, then they read about you, then they visit you versus it used to be they would find you, call you. Right. There's that... There's that thing in the middle that has happened where people now have the ability to see what other people say about you. One of the things that we do now really mm -hmm. is when the girls are doing dramatic changes on somebody, mm -hmm. we're doing a lot of befores and afters now. And they go it goes on our Instagram. Yeah. And that in itself has been amazing as far mm -hmm. as getting people to call. Because the difference from as soon as we started doing more of that, we started getting more phone calls. And it was amazing because people can really see a transition from somebody going from dark to light, from dark to fun colors, from totally having long hair and totally cutting it all off. And they see the difference, so they get an idea of the quality of work that's being done. Well, and that, So that's something else, too, that I realized when I started this and started working with salons is some people don't know they're getting bad haircuts. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that's out there. It's yeah. No, oh mm-hmm. no kidding. There's some. Yeah. I've seen some hack jobs, yeah. but they don't know it. So showing a before picture of somebody that thought they had a good haircut, and then the afterwards, which is like, look, this is what we did with them afterwards. Right. You know, could have a big impact. Make people realize, and it it brings the cream to the top. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's interesting, and there's a way to address that with people. You mm-hmm. know, when people come in, and you know, look. You know, I always tell the girls, you're, you've got to constantly be looking for, don't think how busy you are and stop looking for new clients. Mm-hmm. Keep handing your cards out, keep talking to people because just by attrition, you're going to lose people. They're going to move. They're going to start doing stuff at home on their own. They want to save the money or they just want to try somewhere different. Mm-hmm. So you got to constantly be looking to replenish your base of clients mm-hmm. and always have that going on. Yeah, it's um that's a tough thing for stylists. It's tough because any stylist to really tell you, I've been doing this for over thirty years now. Mm-hmm. I cut hair. I'm an artist. Yeah, I'm an artist, I'm not a salesperson. Yeah, and yeah. that's the hardest thing for a lot of them to understand is that yeah. that's really why. When years ago, I was more into the retail part of things than than not because when I had a big location in Pembroke Pines, there must have been fifty salons around me. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They, salons don't want to sell product. Hairdressers don't want to sell product. So it was an opportunity to say, hey, now I'm going to sell it. I'm going to offer you 60 different brands. Yeah. And you can come in and choose. You know, it was like the Publix of beauty. Yeah. You know, it was great. You know, and, when it, But the stylists also like, the, you know, they – then they'll complain to you that they're not making enough money and then things like yeah, that. But everybody always complains. <laughs> that money. Well, so, you know, that I, I work with salons and, uh, you know, speaking at salon shows now, it's one of the things that, you know, it hits me in the heart when I hear, you know, stylists say that I'm an artist, I'm not a salesperson. Right. Like, you know, the uh, coming from a background of sales, right, there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, right? And I believe hairstylists are very much salespeople because they do things right so you should want to have that person look good i think that they owe it to the customer to do those things because it's what's right for the right. customer for the client right. right it's what's right for them you know being able to build a book i'll never forget i did uh the first salon i did a presentation at as far as helping the stylist book their second appointments and sell product the first customer she tried the approach on booked their next four appointments while they were sitting in the chair. Right. While they were sitting in the chair. Well, and the stylist looked at me and like I went in like the like next month to see. She was like, like right. it like didn't it really feel, works. Right. It, like I it, didn't feel like I was selling. I didn't feel like I was selling. So right. Because the person likes you. Well, people are there. They want, you know, it's, they want to buy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and definitely it's something that they like you. You know, they want to come back. You know, we're at the point now, I have a great program that we use on our computer system uh-huh. for booking. And when you're checking somebody out, the pop-up screen comes up, are you rebooking? Yeah. So you, like, don't have a choice. You either have to close that box or yeah. ask the client if they yeah. want to rebook. And it really does help with the rebooking. You know, yeah. First of all, it helps because now, being more established, four of my six girls are pretty busy all the time. So we try to really encourage everybody, listen, you're better off rebooking now, even if we got to tweak the appointment oh later gosh. on. Yeah. Because, you know, you're coming in on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Those are the busiest days of the week. Yeah. You know, but you're not going to get the, the appointment. Customer. Right. I, you know, if you're, if you're putting a product on a person's hair, right, then 
it should be a product you believe in, right? It needs to be something that if you're just selling it because you want to make more money and that product really not good for that customer, that's wrong. Right. But if it's a product that's good for them and you believe in, why wouldn't you want the customer to use the the client will be happier, well, right. right? And then so it's just it's an adjustment process and they learn it. But the salons that get it and they do those things like what you're doing, it t- you know it keep it it creates success. Well, it's not only that you know on our what's called the back bar where we wash here mm-hmm. and on our stations where we style here, mm-hmm. um, we use all the products. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. you know I've again being in the distribution business for a lot mm-hmm. of years in the beginning, there were so many salons that wanted to sell the products. They mm-hmm. didn't want to spend the money to use them. I'm like, well, what do you, <laughs> you know, the old almond and yeah. honey shampoos on the back bar, yeah. you know, which were horrendous for hair and especially color treated hair, you know, that's what they would use because they didn't want to spend a little extra money to show yeah. that they really care about the quality of products they're using on the clients for the, for the hair color service to last longer and stay more vibrant. Yeah. I mean, it's just a weird. That's cycle the relationship between. That's the the relationship between you know the salon owner and the stylist. It's a it's the same through um, other businesses as well. The well, restaurant sure. tour to the server, well, you know, right. things like that that um that are doing it. But also, you do something. Uh, you know, you're part of this community, and you know, on the podcast we feature local. I mean, you know, you own one salon right here in Parkland slash Coral Springs, and the community here is really your base of customers. Well, it is. You know? Look, I statistically, I know now after doing this for a lot of years, I would say 90% of our clients are coming within a three to five mile radius. Yeah. Outside of that, they're really not going to travel. Yeah. You know, it is amazing. I have a, a stylist that's been with me since 1999, um, came up from Miami and has a handful of clients that have followed and stay loyal to her. You know, but they cross the border. Right. But over the years, those are not only were they just clients, they ended up becoming personal friends. And, yeah. you know, that you go through life things with these people over a period of time. Yeah. And that's what ends up happening. Um, All right. So you're very much in the community. Right. And you're yes. doing things out there. Yes. Yeah. Share a story. So I'm involved a couple different things. Um, I'm involved. It's a, a business group called the Parkland Coral Springs Business Group. Um, I like the group. I've tried chambers in different cities I belonged in. Some of them worked. Some of them didn't work. This one in Coral Springs I didn't find was working for me. I had um, a couple of women came in one time. They were doing a fundraiser in this business group, and they asked for a donation. And I'm very I participate a lot in that. Yeah. Made them a great basket for their thing. I went to the event and then they invited me to join the group. I love the group because it's not like a chamber where you have several, um, you might have a bank, but there could be six banks belong to it. Or you could have a salon and there's six salons. This one is one person from each profession. Yeah. So being the salon owner, I get to be the only salon in the business group. And right now, I think we're up to about 27 members. And you're not always just being sold a product by a bank or a financial advisor, anything like that. You get a chance to really get active in the community. Well, that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they, we do a, a yearly function every year at the Lexus dealership on Sample. Um, we raise money, and then we pick three or four charities um, typically, we try to do local, not national charities, so we're mm-hmm. in the community, mm-hmm. and we raise the money and we dispense the money there. You know. You also have, you know, we just had the incident over at uh, Stoneman Douglas, right? Mm-hmm. And you're blocks away 
Lots and I know them. you have a story because I saw people talking about what you did. Yeah. I want you to share what you did because it, I think what happens is it reflects what community businesses are like and how they're a part of our normal lives yeah. and we take them for granted until you need them. Share that story. Correct. Um, well, what had happened was um, one of the boys that had been killed, um, actually his hair was, he always dyed the top of his hair blonde. Mm-hmm. So there's a barbershop a couple doors down from me. Barbershops don't typically color hair. Mm-hmm. So what happened is a lot of the boys that go to that barbershop, um, the owner, Elvis, came over and said, hey, all these kids want to lighten their hair because f- they're going to the funeral and support. And I said, um, the girls called me like, what do we do? I said, take care of them. You mm-hmm. know? And it happened last Thursday, no, last Friday and Saturday, two of the busiest days. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to own all the credit. My girls were amazing. They stepped up. They said, we'll take whoever wants to come. We didn't charge for the services. And the kids were absolutely amazing. I mean, their resiliency was incredible to see mm-hmm. how supportive they were to each other. It's very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, there was even a client here. We have a regular client that comes in with his mother every week. And he asked me, he goes, um, are you charging for all these services? And I said, no, I can't charge these kids with what they just went <laughs> no, through. You know, no. there's no way I'm no. not charging for it. And my girls agreed we're not charging. He said, that's really nice. He says, um, I wanted to make a donation for your staff. You know, and you yeah. made a substantial donation. Yeah. And then I talked to the staff about it, and we all agreed, of course, we're going to donate that money, you know, to the to the goes, GoFundMe mm-hmm. that's going on. Yeah. So when you talk I'm about goosebumps, man. yeah, it's every time I talk about it, it's, it's right. Insane, like we're know? both welling up a yeah. little bit, like yeah, yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. It is one of those stories. I don't think you get that with, you know, chains can't do that. No. Local community businesses. I don't care what you are. Right. Yeah. So when you know, I do a lot of work at the YMCA. And community businesses, I think, share in the moment. We had a, a saying when we did some fundraising was, uh, uh, we were neighbors by chance, but we're community by choice. And so, you know, you just, that's what local business is all about. Yep. Yeah. It's been amazing to see, because I know, like, the uh, the gentleman that owns the restaurant Two Doors Over Hurricanes also, mm-hmm. I mean, he was feeding the, the responders, the cops, the, yeah. the stuff, just sending food, sending food, you know, and it has been, you know, when we had our meeting this week in my business group on a Tuesday morning, you know, everybody was like, well, this local sub shop was doing and what this one was doing and bottles of water and setting up and the grief counseling that was going on that ended up not being. Yeah. Something you thought that, Hey, you know what, man? I really have to focus on this, and then well, it turned out later. Ah, I really didn't need to worry about that. It'll do it. If it was the re- if it was the retail part of it, it was that I had to have everything. Yeah. You know that I uh. had to. Somebody asked me about something, I had to get it. Somebody, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it would have been that. You know, that wanting to please. You want that? I'll get it for you. you yeah. Know, it wasn't a problem. Instead of looking back and and really learning, I don't have that, but I have this. Yeah. And. It's very similar and learning learning really about products and, and how to move I like people from one thing to another. I've seen so many salons that I, I walk in and their product case is full to the brim with 
800 different types not of products. Not organized. Not organized. Not clean. Because the customer said, hey, I, you know, I used to use this and I really like this. And they would carry it for that one customer right. versus saying, hey, okay, that product had – these were the features of it. We carry this and this is also something that's better. It does all of those things and does this, right? And for your hair is this instead of they just go oh, buy it for the customer. Well, yeah. And, and – that's a, good tip. Over, That's a good tip. Over the years, I've I've realized, first of all, stylists tend to be impulsive. You know, yeah. They want the newest thing out there. Mm-hmm. And what I got to a point with them is, listen, here's the space I have. Mm-hmm. If you guys want something else, we have to go through this first, or I'll talk to my rep and see if we can work something out in, in an exchange situation. But as far as I don't react to the impulsiveness as much anymore what makes you so good with your staff i'm fair i'm really keep fair. going yeah give, give it up buddy because i'm telling you i know a lot of salons i know a lot of business owners you know, give it up um i would say it's probably the respect the mutual respect i'm fair i'm honest i don't take advantage of them um i give them they like flexibility i give them the flexibility mm-hmm. flexibility you know? of what um their scheduling. Okay. I, the only thing I ask of them is, I, you want to work seven days a week? Tell me you're working seven days a week. You want to work three days a week? Give me your schedule, but you got to stick to it. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't want the fluctuations or the call outs. And yes, sometimes you get those days. It re- ended up, uh, it could be a rainy day and people are canceling their appointments right and left. I still need you here. Yeah. You know, but the most, the most you important set that up thing in the beginning. Say, yeah. Oh yeah. Because you have to. You know, for me, you have to, because mm-hmm. if not, you create a lot of animosity mm-hmm. of what goes on. But for me, I would say just, I'm just fair. I, I don't, I know a lot of salons, how they structure their, their compensation and their chargebacks. They charge back for certain services. And I've told the girls, you know, here's cut and dry. Here's what I'm going to pay you. Here's what's included. And that's it. And this is how it Make works. It, if you want to work here, this is what it this is what it looks like. You know, you go through you think of things you learn in college or whatever, and the most simplest things you learn in college are the things that you wanna like that you really hold on to. And I always remember the kiss method. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can if we can kiss, we're in good shape because it just makes things so much easier. And the other thing I I'll, I'll never forget is the eighty twenty rule. And that's always it always works out. Always. Eighty twenty rule, explain. Yeah. You eighty know, twenty rule. 80% of the income for the business is uh-huh. going to come from 20% of my staff. Yeah. And inevitably, the numbers give a certain variance. They're, it's always true. It's right. always true. So, final question. Okay. Right? And then we'll, then we'll see if you have... personal? No. 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 Hey, we've known each other for a long time. Like, you know that I'm, I'm very uh-huh. up top. I'm shallow. I don't worry about that. Um, I want to know a story about when... You were really worried you were going to fail and it was all going to end and you were scared or, you know, looking at your bank account going, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Well, I do that every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Except right. Sundays. Except, except, uh, after the weekend. Well, yeah. Saturdays and Sundays, I don't do it because there's no banking. Oh, that's so right. Easy. That's right. So, so, so the weekends are easy. I love a Monday holiday. <laughs> just, I you can't that, see your bank I can't account. look at the bank. Right. So We've all had matter. those anxiety yeah. moments of, yep. oh, oh, yeah. do I really uh-huh. want to look? Nah, I'll just go through the day and see what happens. Well, give me the time I mean, that it you happened. really thought you were going to fail. It, like, I need to go get a job because there's no way yeah, I can do this anymore. It, give me that time. And it happened about, well, 
almost five years ago. Okay. You know, I had made the decision um, after the economy kind of was coming back. Thought, okay, let me let me. This might be a good time to to go ahead and expand again. You know, have the resources and the support and expanded. Bought um, an existing two locations to add, and that timing was bad. That's when uh, Amazon really took off Ooh. and put a burden on retail. And also, there's a chain called Alta. Yep. And I had, at that time, added two locations, one, two. So I was up to four locations at that time. And Alta chose to open up near every one of my locations. Of course. So a national chain that has 500 stores and unlimited financial resources. Bigger it's buying It's hard power. to compete. Yep, no kidding. You know, I couldn't compete with the pricing. I couldn't compete with the advertising. And at that time, with the advice of accountant and an attorney, um, said it was time to downsize. Okay. And, and liquidated and downsized. And that's when I looked at my staff in Coral Springs, because at the time I lived in Coral Springs and I was ready. I was like, all right, like I said, put the kids through college. I've had my toys. It's too much. I don't need the pressure anymore. Mm -hmm. I've done it. I don't have to work that hard anymore. And came up with the solution that service businesses are the way to go right now. And that was it. So and you just saw the movement. You saw that you had, you know, somebody was able to do it bigger, cheaper. And, you and I didn't have be, the resources yeah. to compete. So, so it was just time to, to move on. Did. It was just time for a change. Was that hard? Like, it was did devastating. You, it was? Yeah, sure, of course. It's yeah. hard. You know, I had um, built up a nice business in Pembroke Pines. That was the main location. Mm -hmm. I had 4,000 square feet. Wow. You know, so if you're in retail business, you understand. So mentally, um, how would you get through that? A lot of support. A lot of, a lot of family support. or friends or yeah. staff? Family, friends, my girls that stayed with me. Yeah. yeah. And it was devastating. I mean, it was hard. But, you know, you look at things and, you know, nothing's forever. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, as you get older, you you go through um, illnesses in your family and deaths in your family. And you realize, wait, so life doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. But you make adjustments. And it was time to make an adjustment. So it was, and it's worked out. It's fine. I'm, I've done this. Um, I now have also a wholesale business that I do. And that easier because you're not having a retail store to mm -hmm. deal with so that yeah. makes life a little easier so I would say that was probably the hardest thing that's cool you know? but you use your support team things like that uh, that, that helped you out Definitely. all right so um, give a tip you're a successful business owner and we want to help other people be successful uh, if you're going into the salon business right don't <laughs> Andy, don't you, you realize every time I ask this question, I get the it, same answer. It doesn't matter what business you're going to open up a coffee shop. Don't they always <laughs> say don't? Clear, don't. That's 100. percent Michael. Oh no, Michael we did. talk about that in the business group all the time. Oh yeah, Everybody don't does. do it. Go be a lawyer. Don't. <laughs> if they're gonna do it anyway, which you know yeah. they are. Yeah. Right. One piece of advice: must do or must don't that you have to do when you're. But you got to do the welcome mat. Oh, well, thank you, buddy. I love you, too. I love you, too. I love you, too. I mean, bottom line. Yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about that, but no. okay. Yeah, thank you. I love um, you. I'm putting that at the front. Oh, you put that at the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you got to, you know, you're relying on people. Mm -hmm. And what I've tried to really do 
and I've had it where if a person isn't the kind of person I am, I really don't want them here. You know, and that's the bottom line. You know, that's it. Cool, man. I really appreciate your time, brother. Absolutely. I hope you had a good time doing this. Good time. That right? was fun. You share it with your friends, and I'll tell you yeah, something really crazy. you got to let me know when it's done. It will be. Yeah. All right, brother. You have a great day. You too. Bye.